0: The Browns' house, at number 32 Windsor Gardens, was unusually quiet. It was a warm summer day, and all the family, with the exception of Paddington, who had mysteriously disappeared shortly after lunch, were sitting on the veranda, enjoying the afternoon sun. Apart from the faint rustle of paper, as Mr. Brown turned the pages of an enormous book and the click of Mrs. Brown's knitting needles, the only sound came from Mrs. Bird, their housekeeper, as she prepared the tea things. Jonathan and Judy were both much too busy piecing together a huge jigsaw puzzle to utter a word. It was Mr. Brown who first broke the silence. You know, he began, taking a long draw at his pipe, it's a funny thing. But I've been through this encyclopedia a dozen times, and there's no mention of a bear like Paddington. Ah, and there won't be, exclaimed Mrs. Bird. Bears like Paddington are very rare, and a good thing too, if you ask me, or it would cost us a small fortune in marmalade. Mrs. Bird was always going on about Paddington's fondness for marmalade, but it was noticeable she was never without a spare jar in the larder in case of emergency. Anyway, Henry, said Mrs. Brown, as she put down her knitting, why do you want to look up Paddington? Mr. Brown twirled his moustache thoughtfully. Oh, no reason in particular, he answered vaguely. I was interested, that's all. Having a bear in the family was a heavy responsibility, especially a bear like Paddington and Mr. Brown took the matter very seriously. "'The point is,' he said, snapping the book shut, "'if he's staying with us for good, "'if—' there was a chorus of alarm from the rest of the family, "'not to mention Mrs. Bird. "'What on earth do you mean, Henry?' exclaimed Mrs. Brown. "'If Paddington is staying with us for good, "'of course he is, as um, he's staying with us.' said Mr. Brown, hastily. Uh, There are one or two things I have in mind. First of all, I've been thinking of decorating the spare room for him. There was general agreement at this. Ever since he had first arrived on the scene, Paddington had occupied the guest room. Being a polite bear, he had never said anything, even when he'd been turned out to make room for visitors, but it had long been thought he should have a room of his own. The second thing, continued Mr. Brown, is a photograph. I think it would be nice if we could have a family group taken. A photograph, exclaimed Mrs. Bird. What a funny thing you should say, that. Oh, said Mr. Brown, why is that? Mrs. Bird busied herself with the teapot. You'll see. All in good time, she said, and try as they might, That was all the others could get from her. Fortunately, she was saved any further questions, for at that moment there came a loud banging noise from the direction of the dining room, and Paddington himself appeared at the French windows. He was struggling with a large cardboard box, across the top of which lay a mysterious-looking metal object with long spikes on one end. But it wasn't so much what he was carrying that caused a gasp of astonishment from the others, it was his general appearance. His fur had an unusually soft, golden look about it, and his ears, or as much of them as they could see poking out from beneath the wide brim of his old hat, were as black and shiny as the tip of his nose. Even his paws and whiskers had to be seen to be believed. Everyone sat up in amazement, and Mrs. Brown dropped several stitches. "'Good heavens!' spluttered Mr. Brown, nearly spilling his tea over the encyclopedia. "'What have you been doing to yourself?' "'I've been having a bath,' said Paddington, looking most offended. "'A bath?' repeated Judy, slowly. "'Without being asked?' "'Crikey!' said Jonathan. We'd better put the flags out. Um, You are all right, asked Mr. Brown. I mean, you're not feeling ill or anything. Paddington became even more injured at the excitement he had caused. It wasn't as if he never had a wash. In fact, he had one most mornings. It was simply that he had decided views on baths in particular. Having a bath meant getting his fur wet all over, and it took a long time to dry. I only wanted to look nice for the photograph, he said firmly. The photograph, everyone echoed. It was really uncanny the way Paddington knew about things. Yes, said Paddington. An important expression came over his face as he bent down and started undoing the string round his cardboard box. I've bought myself a camera. There was a moment's silence while the Browns watched the back view of Paddington bending over the box. A a camera, said Mrs. Brown at last. But aren't they very expensive? This one wasn't said Paddington, breathing hard. He stood up, clutching the biggest camera the Browns had ever seen. I bought it at a sale in the market. It was only three pounds. Three pounds, exclaimed Mr. Brown, looking most impressed. He turned to the others. I must say I've never known a bear with such an eye for a bargain as Paddington. Gosh, said Jonathan. It's got a hood to put over your head and everything. What's that long thing? asked Judy. That's a tripod, explained Paddington proudly. He sat down on the floor and began unfolding the legs. It's to stand the camera on so that it doesn't shake. Mr. Brown picked up the camera and examined it. As he turned it over, some rusty screws and several old nails fell out. Isn't it rather old, he asked, without thinking. It looks as if someone's been using it as a workbox instead of a camera. Paddington lifted the brim of his hat and gave Mr. Brown a hard stare. It's a very rare sort, he replied. The man in the bargain shop said so. "'Well, I think it's super,' exclaimed Jonathan, excitedly. "'Bags, you take my picture first, Paddington.' "'I've only got one plate,' said Paddington, decidedly. "'Extra ones cost a lot, and I haven't any pocket money left, "'so I'm afraid you'll all have to be in a group.' "'It certainly looks most complicated and rather large for a bear.' Remarked Mrs. Brown, as Paddington screwed the camera onto the tripod and then adjusted the legs so that they were the right height. Are you sure you'll be able to work it? I think so, said Paddington. His voice became muffled as he disappeared underneath the black hood at the back. Mr. Gruber lent me a book all about photography, and I've been practicing under the bedclothes. Mr. Gruber, who kept an antique shop in the Portobello Market, was a close friend of Paddington and helped him with all his problems. Well, in that case, Mr. Brown took charge of the situation. I suggest we all go onto the lawn and let Paddington take our picture while the sun's shining. And he led the way outside while Paddington bustled around, erecting his camera and tripod. In a few moments, Paddington announced that everything was ready, and he began arranging the group as he wanted them, running back to the camera every now and then to peer at them through the lens. Because the camera was so near the ground, he had to put Mr. Brown crouching in a rather uncomfortable position behind Jonathan and Judy, with Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Bird sitting on either side. Although he didn't say anything, Paddington was a bit disappointed with the view through the camera. He could just recognize Mr. Brown because of his mustache, but the others were much more difficult. Everyone seemed blurred, almost as if they were standing in a fog. It was strange, for when he took his head out of the cloth, it was quite sunny outside. The Browns waited patiently while Paddington sat on the grass and consulted his instruction book. Almost at once, he discovered a very interesting chapter headed Focus. It explained how, if you wanted nice, clear pictures, it was important to make sure the camera was the right distance away, and properly adjusted. It even had a picture showing a man measuring the distance with a piece of string. Several minutes went by, for Paddington was rather a slow reader, and there were a number of diagrams to examine. "'I hope he's not too long,' said Mr. Brown. "'I think I've got cramp coming on.' "'He'll be disappointed if you move,' said Mrs. Brown. "'He took such a lot of trouble arranging us all, and it really looks very nice.'